From the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, high atop two Turtle Creek Tower, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everybody. This is Ryan Trimble, joined today by the great Sean Williams. Sean, welcome back to the Worldwide Headquarters Studios. How are you doing today, sir? Good, man. It has been a while. It's been way too long. Yes, let us first apologize to all our loyal fans out there. Uh, We've been darn busy, Sean. Yeah, we can. We'll get into some of the items that we have been working on. Some of which we've been teasing on the show um, because we've had non-disclosure agreements on talking about some of these <laughs> items. But it has been a whirlwind couple of weeks. We are glad to be here and glad that people are listening. Thanks to everyone who's reached out to us to let us know that you are listening to the show. And we need folks to kind of send us ideas of who they want us to talk to and who they want us to interview with. That's right. We are back in the saddle. We paying attention um the nba finals was a disappointment but it's now over disappointment and, uh, and a distraction and, a, we were and a distraction in. you and i were locked in on both the eastern conference western conference and nba finals and so folks we are back we are ready for your communication to us uh to hear who you want to ha- you want us to have on the show so feel free to give us your feedback um but yeah, Sean, it's been a busy couple weeks and a busy couple days. We're going to get into what I've been uh, up to the past couple days with our our guest today, a gentleman named John Bicio. Uh He is uh, the senior vice president of Walmart's uh, community affairs division uh, here in the central United States and uh, selected Dallas-Fort Worth as one of his key markets and, and Dallas proper. And so we've had a couple big events the past, past few days, but, uh, you know, We'll get into that later in the show uh, with John. But, Sean, I wanted to hear about what you've been up to since you've been holding out on us with non-disclosure agreements. Uh, Tell us, where have you been? Well, right around Memorial Day, we were fortunate enough to um, work with one of our clients to announce that they had filed a uh, request for zoning change for a state-of-the-art observation wheel. So think of the London Eye, uh, think of the big observation wheel there in Las Vegas. And there you have what we will be calling the Texas Odyssey, more than 500 feet tall uh, down near the Trinity River. And it will have a wonderful views of the entire city. It'll take 38 minutes to go around the observation wheel, and it will be a totally engaging multimedia, multi-sensory adventure. And it is a real exciting um, opportunity for us, and it will be a great addition to the already world-famous Dallas skyline. That's right. You know, Sean, you mentioned the the uh, the wheel in Vegas. There, that wheel is is so cool. I remember seeing it right after it first opened. Um, I, I used to dabble in Vegas quite a bit before I, uh, um, you know, had a kiddo. And so, uh, haven't been to Vegas recently. But the last time I was out there, uh, you know, saw saw the wheel, saw what it, what it did. It's right there between Flamingo and Imperial Palace, and man, it, it transformed that whole area. Really cool, a lot of street shopping, a lot of you know uh, storefronts right there on the street. And so, uh, those those wheels can be pretty transformational. So yeah, same thing um, in London. Yeah. Uh, it, it the an area called the Docklands, and. You know, people see, I know I see it whenever I watch Sherlock. That's one of the scenes that they show at the beginning of the movie. They show the London wheel, but um, it, it transformed that area. That was kind of an area that didn't have 
a whole lot going. But once the will came, a lot of development came around and, you know, there's kind of an anticipation um, for the Texas Odyssey about all the d- development that will go around. There is um, a seven acre site where it's going to uh, be placed and there'll be a pre-flight experience, a post-flight experience. There's going to be a STEM education center that's going to be built there. There's going to be dining um, that's going to be around restaurants. And it's right down the street from the high-speed rail station that's proposed yeah. uh, right on the other side of the street. So, you know, and, and the Cedars, the Cedars West is an area that I spent a lot of time in, South Side on Lamar. We got to talk to some of the members of the Cedars Neighborhood Association, and they were really excited. Uh, we also talked to uh, Deputy Mayor Pro Tem Adam Madrano quite a bit uh, prior to the announcement of, of the Texas Odyssey. So, you know, really exciting for Dallas. Again, it's just going to be a really cool addition as you look at the the Margaret, the two Margaret bridges that yes, are the large uh, already there, and then you'll have the Texas Odyssey that will kind of be again a really great gateway to the Trinity River. Yeah, it's it, it really exciting, and uh, I like that that you talked about the London Eye, and I talked about the Vegas Eye. It just shows how much more worldly you are. Well, I don't I know. Am, I mean, we, we. Well, I'm trying to set myself up, hopefully, for a field trip to London. <laughs> I myself, again, as we've discussed, have made plenty of Vegas trips, have not been to yeah. London. So I'm hoping yeah. when uh, they need somebody to go over and, and take a look at the London Eye and get in and take a ride and see what yeah. we're going to be looking at here in Dallas, then you know maybe I can get get that gig. Well, I know you did go on a field trip recently with one of our other clients, Sean, and, and let me just brag on you a little bit. I'm, I'm really proud of the work you did on, on a recent uh, a recent case. You helped the SMU Dedman School of Law Decent Criminal Justice Reform Center uh, with uh, w- one of their cases. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, along with our creative team, we had an opportunity to go down to um, New Orleans to talk to Mr. Troy Rhodes. On May 31st, Troy was released uh, from Angola, the Louisiana State Penitentiary. Um, he had spent nearly 16 years there um, after being convicted. And this is one of the things that we learned in working with um, Director Pam Metzger at um, the Decent Center, that in Louisiana, you can be convicted of a felony with only 10 members of the jury uh, voting for conviction. So he was convicted on a 10-2 count uh, to go spend, I believe, he was uh, assigned a 149-year sentence, if uh, I'm not mistaken. And um, federal judge uh, Malazzo previously said that Troy had not received effective assistant counsel that was guaranteed to him by the Sixth Amendment. And due to the work of Pam Mesker and the uh, Decent Criminal Justice Reform Center, uh, they had um, helped Troy to be released. And so when we went down with our creative team to New Orleans, Troy was at a transitional place called the First 72 Plus. And uh, they talk about the first 72 hours after someone is released from prison being a very critical time. And so he's been there and he continues to be there. And we had a chance to interview Troy and his wife, uh, who has been there with him. And it was really just a a transformational type experience, just uh, a true blessing to get to go and listen to Troy talk about 
the faith that brought him through um, being there and, and the time that he spent um, there in the prison. Yeah, really amazing stuff. Really was uh, proud to call you a friend and colleague watching you do- you, know, you document that on social media and, and hearing your stories afterwards. And, you know, and proud that, again, you know, we've been working with SMU. Obviously, that is your alma mater, but proud that we have the Decent Criminal Justice Reform Center here in Dallas doing this kind of work. You know, we, we talked to Pam Metzger about these types of cases and some of the, the things that they're really working on is a stronger, uh, better funded public defender system. Um, you know, that's kind of some of the work that they're getting into. And also, if you look at the case of Alice Johnson, who whose sentence was commuted by um, the president recently, the Decent Criminal Justice uh, Center and one of their resident attorneys, uh, Brittany Barnett, was working on that case as well. So it's again, and, and the I think the thing that has surprised me, and I, I don't know if it has surprised you as we work with the Decent Center, is that this is a bipartisan effort that, you know, there are people on the right and on the left who are working and not always agreeing on how, but agreeing that there needs to be reform to the criminal justice system. Yeah, big things going on on the hilltop, Sean, and uh, again, very proud of uh, the support that you've provided them. So uh, why don't we take a break? Come back. We'll be joined by John Bizio of uh, Walmart, the Senior VP of uh, Communications and uh, uh, Community Relations. So uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Stick with us. We'll be right back. building Dallas's emerging urban university. Together we are finding ways to fight Alzheimer's disease. We are the University of North Texas, the UNT Health Science Center, and the University of North Texas at Dallas. Together we are the UNT system. To learn more about the UNT system, visit untsystem.edu. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams, and Sean, I'm excited uh, by our uh, who's joining us in the studio today, a gentleman named John Vizio. Uh, John is uh, with Walmart, has been with Walmart for many years, and he's heading up the what we're calling the community relations piece here in the DFW market. John, welcome to the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios. Thank you, Ryan. It's very uh, swanky. It's kind of, uh, I'm a little bit of afraid of heights, so uh, I'm, I'm hoping this doesn't last <laughs> High atop two yeah, green tower. too long. So, but yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. Glad to have you. Thank you, Sean. Well, well, John, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I know you've, you've had a long history, storied career with Walmart in public affairs across the U.S. <laughs> 
us and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, thanks, Ryan. And and hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, I uh, began my career with Walmart back in 1999, and uh, I was lucky enough to join what was a pretty small shop in what we called at the time uh, public relations, and uh, and some called it even crisis management. Uh, but uh, that uh, basically involved a lot of media calls, but then also providing some counsel to our operators and all the stores out there, uh, you know, on all sorts of different things, you know. So, um, and then uh, they asked if I wanted to go more toward the front lines of uh, working on projects, you know, of, around entering new communities, getting new stores built, and interfacing with uh, the the actual uh, members of the community through uh, stakeholders, uh, members of local government, and then also uh, just prospective uh, customers. And and then um, uh, that led to uh, a lot of, uh, you know, community affairs, public affairs, and local government relations, and then on to some state, and state uh, legislation type uh, activity with the company and, uh, and and our entire team has really had that kind of uh, arc in terms of you know experience for the company sure. and and uh, one of the best parts about the job has always been um, in addition to you know interfacing with the community is uh, finding out uh, some of those organizations that are important to uh, to our Walmart customers and associates and by that I mean um, helping you know the stores uh, you know I identify and be intentional about some of the philanthropic things they do. So that's always been in that sort of uh, weaving of, of responsibilities. And it's been great. And, uh, and it's been almost 20 years. And um, and it's been really gratifying to see how the company has changed and assumed and, and understood that it's a it's a large company or it was it's become a large company and and along with that comes great responsibility and uh, and it's been really nice to see how the company has grown into that and always been a very uh, thoughtful and conscientious uh, corporation but but really as things uh, went along and Lee Scott who was our CEO a number of years ago came into the picture, he really understood that because we have such a, a large footprint across the U.S., that maybe there were some real leadership opportunities for us to step up to, and and we've done that in the form of everything from sustainability to workforce development to philanthropy, and uh, and and a lot of other things. So um, it's uh, it's been a good uh, run, and I've enjoyed it. I hope that I hope I didn't say too much there. You never say too much on this show. <laughs> We don't really have a clock, so <laughs> okay. there's no we're shot good clock. to go on that. All right, I'm drinking coffee now. Then we can go all night. Um, you know, you talked about change, and I, I think about growing up uh, in one of your key markets of Paris, Texas. <laughs> and uh, I think from when I can first remember a Walmart there, I think we are on. I think the fourth store might mm-hmm. be the third store, but. I think it's the fourth store. What what are some of the changes over your career that you've seen with Walmart? Yeah, Sean. Um, in Paris, Texas, I've been to Paris, Texas. In fact, uh, one of the family members on my wife's side uh, was with Kimberly Clark. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, who, by the way, is a huge Walmart customer. 
or we're a large customer of theirs too, rather. Um, uh, so uh, it's it's a great little community, and yeah, th- that is a good example of where we have seen our stores go from the little hometown stores to a Division One to expanding into grocery, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you know we outgrow a store in, in the community, but we stay in that community, and and I know for the longest time, uh, you know, as I've done this job, you know, we would see uh, that opportunity exist where we could either expand an existing store or relocate within the community to a bigger store only because that uh, existing footprint couldn't accommodate a move or we would even add a second or third, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, brick and mortar presence. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's a great problem to have so to speak i mean we we never take for granted those opportunities but you're right i mean we uh, you know eventually found our way into the grocery business and a lot of that thanks to our old ceo david glass who predated lee scott and uh and and we uh, learned a lot of things through our uh, our own suppliers and our customers and even our competitors taught us a few things and and the great thing is is that uh you know we found that uh you know we just really keep our ear to the ground and listen to the customers we can remain relevant uh, and and i think a good example of that is you know so now now we're not only in grocery but we uh, you know even have uh, in most locations these days or working to get in most locations is online grocery pickup mm-hmm. where you know a customer can go online and uh you know um, select you know what uh, grocery items and some general merchandise too that they want to have uh, to pick up at their nearby walmart store and then their personal shopper uh, that that is a new role within our store will um, of course select those items and and as those customers get to do this more within a store uh, those uh, they, they find out that those personal shoppers get to know them too and it's a kind of a neat little relationship and uh, and and I think as we go along we, we get to be even more attuned to the needs of the customer and uh, and then you know, along with that comes uh, omni-channel and e-commerce it's hard to ignore <laughs> that uh, you know, things have really changed a lot in the last, you know, 10 plus years. And, and we've done some things to try to, uh, you know, remain relevant with our customers. We find that not only do people like to save money, but they also like to save time when they shop. And, and that's why I think we are working hard to, you know, in this day and age of, you know, contracting retail to, to remain relevant and be even more relevant and then uh, kind of create those shopping experiences, those stores that uh, that are easier to shop, friendlier in that regard and more relevant from a merchandise mix and then uh, innovations in technology, the way they shop. And, uh, and I mentioned that because we just announced, you know, not long ago that we were going to spend about $11 billion dollars on remodels in our stores and I think that's important and it's significant uh, again with the you know the advent of uh, e-commerce and that competition really being hard on some uh, of those other retailers out there and uh, and we feel like we're uh, you know embracing e-commerce uh, in the sort of digital way of shopping but then also doubling down on sort of that brick and mortar presence and that it's an important thing to customers and communities so i think that's kind of been the most significant change we've seen and um and it's been exciting 
John, you mentioned having a presence just now in communities and talking about being in places like Paris, Texas. In your current role with Walmart, you are you are keenly focused on community and being in the community. And that is one of the key things that Walmart has done is, and, and part of their investment, part of why the, the company is special is you, we, you have stores in a lot of different communities. And one of those communities in particular where you have a lot of stores is this market, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, tell us about the community relations role. Tell us about your, your, why this market is important and, and you know some of the other important markets to the company as well. Yeah, Ryan, thanks. Uh, and thanks for noticing. And in, uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro, we do have a, a lot of stores and a huge investment. And uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, very uh, emblematic or representative of our entire Texas uh, investment. There is no other state in the 50 uh, where we have a bigger presence and, and more investment. And here, as you know, um, there are a number of stores is all just shy of 600, I think. I, I, think we're, I think we're one shy of 600. Right. And that it, it is the la- latest number right. I've seen. That's huge. And it's yeah. and, and with that, you know, we uh, we have about a, just shy of 150,000 associates that we employ yeah. and and a lot of uh, sort of ancillary business. But uh, because of that investment and because, you know, we are, uh, you know, we're fortunate that, you know, customers in Dallas have embraced us and, and really, uh, uh, you know, seem to, you know, uh, appreciate that we're there. Uh, we want to ensure that people know that we're in this for the long haul that uh, you know we want to ensure that our long-term viability is such that it's it's a, a sort of a holistic approach to a community it's not just being a good merchandiser that um, provides as much of a frictionless uh, transaction uh, that gives them you know a, a good value also you know in the store uh, whether it's site to store or online grocery pickup or even just a traditional swing by through the you know the store but uh, we also believe that it's important to the customers that we you know uh, are thoughtful and intentional about you know the the things that we do in the community you know beyond you know being a merchandise you know and from philanthropy standpoint and and whether it's you know doing something with the north texas food bank or um you know uh, trying to support a veterans program uh, or even, you know, through uh, some of the, the chambers of commerce, economic development offices or workforce development. All of those things are, are very important to customers. And, and we feel like that, uh, you know, that sort of investment, uh, one, needs to happen and be as, you know, strategic and effective as possible. But we also know that, uh, you know, that customers are generally vaguely aware of what we do or that, we, that we're a good corporate citizen, but they don't always know exactly what we do and and so our thought is that uh, you know we we should uh, help our stores you know tell that story of you know what what uh, they do as a good corporate citizen what are some of those organizations and causes they support 
And, and in doing so, one, they, and we tell the story that Walmart does, in fact, uh, support causes and organizations in a community, but then kind of tell that story, too, of what some of those organizations are that we support. Because, at, uh, you know, in, in all of these instances, I can think of, you know, they, there are so many great uh, um, agencies out there that do good work. And whether it's, you know, the shelter for women or, again, you know, the, uh, the food pantry, you know, these are things that have an impact. And, and, and then there's also sort of the fun side of it, too, you know, whether you're sponsoring, you know, a barbecue cook-off or, uh, you know, or going down to the Rangers uh, Park and, you know, supporting the Rangers Foundation. by Black Panther movie screening. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right, Sean. And, and we find that, you know, our customers and, and their families enjoy that aspect of it, too. And it's not to be yeah. forgotten. And, and I think uh, sort of the, the short, you know, to, to put a finer point on it, it's like we have found that we we do a lot of great things, but um, it's like the proverbial tree in the forest that, you know, you see it sprout and grow and it provides this habitat and the shade and, and all this, you know, wonderful benefit. Uh, and, you know, and of course, you know, it, uh, it continues to I mean, to do that. But but if nobody sees it or or hears it or, or senses it, does it happen? You know, and, and that's really kind of the, the challenge that we've been up against. And we never were real comfortable about, you know, kind of telling that aspect of our sort sure. of being in a community, you know, tooting our own horn, so to speak. But but we found that, you know, uh, you know, absent that, you know, people have no idea what you're doing and they start to wonder, you know, um, you know, what do you stand for? Sure. And and so that's really what this has been about. And, and we feel like, you know, places like Dallas and, uh, you know, uh, I get to Kansas City sometimes and there's Houston and, uh, you know, whether it's Charlotte or, you know, all, all over the, the U.S. and in, in L.A., there's, you know, that where we have, you know, considerable investment in a presence. We feel like that's probably a good place to start to really get our stores uh, comfortable with, you know, kind of telling that story. And, and it's not just, you know, someone like myself getting out there and, and you know, giving direction. It's, it's kind of teaching folks, you know, um, that you can tell your story and you do that through digital and social media and you do it through your own partners and you tell their story too and and we think that's just an important thing to our customers and the communities we call home deconstructing dallas ryan trimble sean williams we're going to take a quick break on the other side we're going to talk to john about some exciting things going on with walmart something we like to call walmart open call and a little send-off party we had stick with us we'll see you on the other side Hey, this is Sean. You know, this week I finally made it to an appointment I've been putting off. That's right, I visited my dentist. I have to admit, I was a couple of months behind on my cleaning and I just knew that I was in for a beatdown. But alas, both my dentist and my hygienist gave me major props on my chops. They said that they could tell I've been brushing and both my teeth and my gums were in great shape. I let them know I had started using Buck Brush, the superior electric toothbrush that delivers the quality of a $150 toothbrush, but for only $35. 
My dentist said that he also switched to an electric toothbrush and he's all in just like me. Like I've said before, Buck Brush does not try to rip you off by charging you $15 for every replacement brush head. For only a dollar a month, you will be brushing fresh all year. Buck Brush vibrates strong enough to make a difference in your brushing and the vibrations act as a timer as well. Stop spending hundreds on your electric toothbrush and set yourself up for a great dentist visit just like I had this week. Visit buckbrushco.com to get started. That's buckbrushco.com. Join the revolution and let's vibe together. We are back deconstructing Dallas. Of course, it's Sean Williams and Ryan Trimble, but we also are with John Bizio, Senior Director of Community Relations at Walmart. And John, I want to talk to you. You mentioned North Texas Food Bank, and I know you and Ryan attended an event today, which kind of typifies the work that you guys do uh, at a number of charities and, and local community partners, as you mentioned. So can you talk about that event that you were, you guys were out today uh, working on with North Texas Food Bank? Yeah, Sean, thanks. And uh, our uh, regional vice president uh, of operations, Sonia Hostetler, was with us. And Sonia is actually a member of the board of the North Texas Food Bank, which is terrific because it really gives her a, uh, some insight as to the mission of the food bank and and really how we can play a part in, you know, not just, you know, uh, transactionally, you know, presenting a check uh, for, you know, dollars, which, of course, is important. Uh, and I think we've, in the last, you know, several years, we've given uh, over a million dollars in funds, and that doesn't count the, uh, the number of tons of food that we've uh, donated from our stores. So that's to the food bank. Right, yeah. exactly. But we were at uh, uh, an organization called Voice of Hope uh, this afternoon with uh, Sonia and with members of the North Texas Food Bank and, of course, uh, Voices of Hope. And uh, and the program there was focused on uh, more or less uh, summer feeding, which goes hand in hand with uh, sort of a summer school type program that the uh, the the ministry there uh, conducts uh, during the summer months and servicing what uh, about 150 100 150 160 kiddos every yeah, day every day and uh, and these kids are uh, participating in educational programs you know fitness and sports type programs little extracurricular stuff that exposes them to culture uh, around the city of Dallas i think they were talking about going to the crayola experience among mm-hmm. other things and uh, just uh, uh, a really solid holistic program and and we were out there because we uh, recently donated again some uh, funds for the summer program which I think uh, Courtney at North Texas Food Bank and mentioned would probably end up providing around 30,000 meals during the course of the summer and uh, the program there uh, was uh, of course uh, you know needing um, you know, nutritional, uh, I guess, assistance, you know, and, and kids, you know, cannot function or operate or be, you know, productive, you know, without basic, you know, uh, healthful food choices and nutrition. And it's like a, you know, car trying to, you know, operate without gas. And that's, and that's really interesting that, uh, you know, one of our 
foundation heads uh, years ago really helped us, uh, you know, put a point on the whole, um, you know, effort to eradicate hunger and to address food insecurity. And, and, and she made us think about things like kids going home on weekends and not having food or kids getting to school, you know, on an empty stomach and not being able to do the study or the work because they're hungry. They don't have that in their system. And Ryan and I also got to work uh, represent Walmart at a <clears throat> excuse me North Texas Food Bank event with Representative Helen Giddings, who also is addressing mm-hmm. specifically food insecurity, lunch yeah. shaming as well. So again, that's that's yeah. a long partnership you guys have. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. At Walmart has an overall goal of providing four billion meals by the year 2020, and they are at. Uh, they're they're over uh, 2.5 billion meals since 2014, mm-hmm. and in North Texas, I mean, it's uh, you know knowing this is a critical market, it's amazing to see how the partnership between Walmart and the North Texas Food Bank. I know we're the biggest supplier of food, or you all are the biggest supplier of uh, donated food to the North Texas Food Bank. And a big shout out to to Erica, the chief philanthropy officer there, and to our friend Courtney Baggett at the North Texas Food Bank for helping set up uh, today's event. We had Councilman Omar Narvez out as well, a, a new councilman from uh, from District 6. So it was a great day to see all those kiddos, John, and, and uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was really fun. Yeah, it was, Ryan. And thanks again. Uh, you know, you helped me uh, include some of those folks that I wanted to, to mention, and uh, and it was. And, and again, you know, the, the, the organizations like the Food Bank are really dialed into the needs of the community, and and that's and not only is it gratifying, you know, and maybe that's too self-serving to know that uh, you know we're helping them do great work, uh, but um, but it's also uh, to me it's important again to to kind of let folks know uh, within our store and uh, and even you know beyond our, our four walls you know that these organizations are out there doing really good stuff and and if you want to you know give to them you know this is a great opportunity or if you want to volunteer and that's mm-hmm. that's the other nice part of this when we have our associates volunteer for these organizations uh, it really buoys them lifts them and and we think that just you know makes for happier sure. you know associates and they feel connected yeah well speaking of, of happy associates and happy companies we had a really fun event yesterday as well it was our Walmart open call send-off party. Uh, it, John, t- tell us a little bit about Walmart open call and, and uh, a little bit about yesterday's event. Yeah, and it was a great event. And what it was uh, at our store on Retail Road, our super center, the, the double-decker with the Sam's. That's right. <laughs> uh, it was a, a send-off for these uh, Dallas-based uh, vendor suppliers who are interested in uh, getting their product in with Walmart. And, and it's all part of the Walmart uh, annual open call. This is our fifth year that we're doing open call, and it all began, like I said, about five years ago. I want to say that we started out in Colorado, and then one year we did it somewhere else, and then we finally got to Bentonville with it. Uh-huh. But it's uh, it's really uh, a shot for um, you know businesses to you know to chase the American dream and hopefully pursue it. Uh, they have the opportunity to come to Walmart's home office in Bentonville and and pitch their product in hopes of reaching customers and it's a day-long event that uh, provides information to potential suppliers offers some great networking opportunities gives uh, businesses of all sizes across the nation a chance at uh, a break and and I think there are about 450 uh, businesses that are being represented this time around and 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 that has created 
I think some 750 appointments, uh, which will take place on Wednesday, uh, June 13th at the home office uh, with the open call. And all of these uh, prospective vendor suppliers will sit down with our Walmart buyers, merchandisers, and really uh, talk to them about, you know, their product and why it's relevant. And and, and in many cases, it might uh, result in in an agreement right there and then to carry the product in our stores, or it might, you know, certainly uh, lead to a conversation that that precipitates a decision after a few more exchanges. But it really has been great in that it's our way to try to uh, foster an environment uh, to reshore um, uh, U.S. manufacturing and yeah. and to create American jobs in some uh, form of the, uh, the the chain of merchandising and and yeah. and uh, selling and so um, we're pretty excited about it and uh, and and as you know um, at the the send off we had what. Um, uh, you know, somebody who was producing <laughs> what a margarita. Yeah, mix. We, we had we had like the margarita mix guys, right. uh, the salsa guys, FN hot salsa. <laughs> right. So if it's too hot, you cool off with the margarita guys. Right. You mix margaritas, <laughs> right. and then uh, we also had a, a, a premier manufacturing. Mm-hmm. These guys are cranking out uh, custom right, laser right. jewelry, uh-huh. <laughs> which apparently I'm going to have to buy for Mrs. Trimble now <laughs> right. because she was kind enough to present a proclamation from County Judge Clay Jenkins to send off these entrepreneurs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And and that was sort of a novel little aspect of it in that uh, not only did we you know get our associates and customers together to cheer on. Uh, the, these companies, uh, you know, and, and wish them well as they head off to Bentonville. But uh, it was nice to see uh, um, the local, you know, and state uh, proclamation and resolution, you know, recognizing, you know, this sort of effort. And, sure. Yeah. And, state Rep. Morgan Meyer and Shelby Whitson on his team came out and presented a resolution as well. So. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. And it's all in the uh, interest of trying to uh, follow through with that commitment to purchase uh, some $250 billion in products that are made, sourced, or grown in the U.S. by uh, the year 2023. And so we're excited. I think it's, as you said, trying to amplify some of the things that happen because you guys are, you know, participating in an array of activities. You know, this is open call for entrepreneurs. We talked about food insecurity. When I worked at uh, the Dallas Police Department, Walmart was a big sponsor for our Police Athletic League program. Uh, And so I think, like you said, it's kind of making sure everybody knows because oftentimes in a community, you go into Walmart, get what you need, you come out. People know that you are there from a, a corporate standpoint, but from just a community standpoint, I think um, you know there is a wide array of opportunities throughout your your areas that that people can can see you guys. That's right, Sean, and uh, and I think you know as we you know, make it known, you know, what uh, those things are that we support. And as we, you know, kind of help our uh, operators, um, you know, facilitate their sort of community outreach. And that's really what we're doing because they already do so many good things. Uh, The hope is that, you know, our customers will not only have the awareness, but then they can help us and help kind of guide us to some of those opportunities, you know, Uh, and, and that's, you know, uh, you know, really what it's all about. 
about is, you know, because at, at, at the end of the day, you are serving the customer and, and they're the boss and, you know, and, and, yeah. and you're not relevant if you're not responding to them in terms of, you know, their needs as a, as a, a customer, but then also as, you know, John Q. Public. Yeah, that was really exciting and, and really grateful that uh, you, you know you got to spend some time here in the Dallas market. We lo- we love having you down and and uh, anything else you'd like to add, John? Where can we can we follow your uh, your travels? Can we follow your efforts uh, online <laughs> or or where should we uh, where should we tune in for more? Well, um, you know I, I'm uh, you know I, I usually try to provide provide content you know as you well know and and put that on our Walmart channels you know whether it's Walmart Action or whatever have you. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would tell you that uh, one of the other things that I think we can do is tell the story about, you know, certainly we have new vendor suppliers coming to Walmart, but but people would be amazed by the amount of money that we spend with vendor suppliers already based or doing, you know, having operations here in yeah. the state of Texas. And that amount is what just... 50 billion dollars in business that we do with Texas, you know, uh, organizations, businesses that are either based here or have production facilities here. It's amazing. And that that creates, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of jobs, right? Hundreds of thousands of jobs beyond our own Walmart jobs. So I think one of the things you can expect to see from us is maybe highlighting some of those businesses that we partner with and have some business. And as you well know, we uh, we made a little trip. Uh, this afternoon out to Betsy Ross uh, Flag Girl Company, and and they have a neat little niche in serving <laughs> yeah. Walmart, right? Yeah, it's amazing. They they have uh, they calculated that they have uh, provided the flags and flagpoles that fly at, at Walmart stores uh, over a thousand. I think a thousand and fifty Walmart, a quarter of the Walmart stores in America. Right, almost. right. I mean, their their flagpoles and flag U.S. flags are flying high over the over our store, you know, over your stores. So, really cool Dallas-based company, and, and uh, they've got flags flying all over America. Yeah. So Ryan keeps saying our because he's with you guys so much, and I, <laughs> if you guys need him behind the cash register, like that. Just give him a call. I know he'll just run out there. No and do job it. too small. Thanks, Sean. I was up th- some carts. I, yeah, that's what I was. I was just gonna say. I was seeing Ryan more like shagging carts. Yeah, you know? he'd be right it's there. The for perfect that. time of year for it. No so. job too small. Well, John, thank you for uh, for coming in studio today. We really appreciate it, and uh, look forward to uh, to checking in on on the uh, community relations efforts for Walmart here locally. So, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Back after this, Deconstructing Dallas. Thanks for tuning in. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I am at Sean P. Williams, S-H-A-W-N P. Williams, and he is... 
at rtrimble15. Uh, that's how you can let us know who we should interview on our next podcast. Well, I won't say on our next podcast because we do have some great guests lined up in the next few weeks. We'll be hearing from Vinay Hammond from the Dallas Mayor's Office, Angela Ross from AT&T, Effie Dennison from Texas Capital Bank, and Lisa Rowe, the Chancellor of the UNT The system. new Chancellor. The new Chancellor. So we are looking forward to uh, those upcoming guests, but please send us your recommendations. Tweet us and let us know who you like to hear uh want to go to ryan uh i think you've got some smu facts to share with us uh what would a deconstructing dallas episode be without me pontificating about smu sports it would be no episode at all let me drop this a few nuggets on you here sean SMU's 2019 recruiting class is off to a hot start with nine commitments in eight days from June 3rd to the 10th. And reeling off six straight days of commits starting June 5th, the results have SMU currently ranked on 24-7 sports as the number 33 overall class in the country and number one recruiting class in the American Athletic Conference. This is the 2019 recruiting class. How nerdy am I, Sean? Hey, not bad. I mean... Good football on the hilltop is good for everyone, and I'm looking forward to those days when SMU was a perennial bowl participant. So uh, this number 33 class, I hope you guys get back there. I, I don't get into recruiting unless it's good news, Sean. It's <laughs> it's you know nice bullet points like this. We're our class rank ahead of Arkansas, Baylor, Cal, USC, and others. So get excited for 2019. You know, they're moving some serious dirt over there on the hilltop. Uh, uh, the new indoor practice facility, Indoor Performance Center, I think is what they're calling oh, okay. it. So, okay. uh, it's literally a huge hole in the middle of campus right now, but it's going to look great. Well, as much as I'm on the campus myself these days, I will have to uh, go by and check that hole yeah, out. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Well, um, a great episode today with John Bizio. And just to kind of wrap up, um, it's great to see all that's going on with Walmart. And I know it is keeping you busy because uh, there are store openings. There are community events. Um, you are all around town with Walmart. And it was good to hear more of that from John. Yeah, well, uh, lots of fun things going on. Hopefully some of our Texas-based companies get some deals at Walmart Open Call. It's like the Shark Tank of Walmart. So it's a, it's a cool event. And uh, good luck to all the fellas from uh, Drink You Mix and, and Effin' Hot salsa <laughs> and all these guys that are pitching their products to the Walmart buyers this week. Uh, good luck and uh, bring home the bacon. Well, again, we want to thank John Bizio for um, visiting with us today. We want to thank our bosses here at Allen Media, Jennifer Pascal, Mary Woodleaf. We want to thank you and ask that you continue to find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast and make sure you like make sure you share uh, share a rating give us a uh, give us your thoughts feel free to rate us uh, or like or heart or whatever is being asked on that platform uh, stay tuned we will be back it will not be a month before you hear from us again we've got again a great set of guests lined up uh, follow us on Twitter and check us out next week this is Sean Williams for Ryan Trimble adios adios